Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on May the 4th, 2014. I never prepare talks because we shouldn't have to prepare talks. The whole idea of being yourself is that you can chat about things whenever you want to chat and let the spontaneity of things come to you because that's where creativity lies, you see. When you're simply repeating stuff that's been uh, put out there by the big boys for you to repeat, then you're not thinking for yourselves, are you? But a few minutes ago I was thinking about weather, of course, because in Canada, where I am anyway, in Ontario, we've had about six months of winter. It's uh, still ongoing to an extent because uh, we seldom see the sun anymore. And uh, it, it went rain. I knew it was going to go straight from snow into rain because this is the new agenda with all the aerial spraying, with the chemtrails and the geoengineering, is what they call it, to the top, and so on. And I remember reading years ago how, uh, from geoengineering sites and the big meetings we were having, about the loading doses, how many years it would take to load uh, the stratosphere, etc., with uh, particulates to stop uh, sunlight coming in and, and, or, or to prevent it, to reduce it. And it's interesting, too, when they succeeded because uh, when they started it off, NASA immediately put up uh, uh, articles about um, global dimming. Global dimming, you can look up yourself from NASA and how it's increasing every year. Well, it's due to the particulates in the atmosphere, which, of course, are being sprayed by the aircraft. We're living in a totally controlled environment in, in this day and age, for those who don't quite know that. But most of your reality is like that. It's so hyper-managed and advanced uh, that uh, you're living. Technically, with what we're told at the bottom, uh, we are at the the early Middle Ages uh, compared uh, in knowledge compared to where they really are today. We really are. Forget all the science books they put out, all the blurbs they put out on television about the latest uh, thing they're investigating. Whatever they're telling you about was done years ago. And they're on to something else. So we get fed obsolete information. And that led me on to thinking about all the rain we're getting, of course, and how that, of course, was well discussed during World War II and afterwards. And big Pentagon projects went into action. Canada was heavily involved, too, with ways to bring down enemies in different countries by using bacteria, viruses, but also weather modification where you could cause massive droughts and starve people out because the crops would all fail, animals would die, or you could flood them and have the same effect, basically. So we watch all this going on at the same time as the big, big boys who have the futures market and have all your food dumped on the world stock market and the futures market, and they can put bets on where crops are going to fail. It's so much of a coincidence that came out at the same time as they, they, they really went ahead with the geoengineering. Because the big boys know, of course, who's going to get the droughts, who's going to get flooded, because it's all made to be that way. It's planned weather we have. It's as simple as that. And that, made, that brought me on to another thought, too, of Arthur C. Clarke. Now, Arthur C. Clarke, the science fiction fellow, who was in with the big boys, of course, and he was an elitist himself. And it's not unusual for the big boys to employ what they call futurists, guys who were into science fiction, who would put out ideas and analogies, too, through their stories to do with what they're really up to, etc. But when you go into the different statements that he also made himself, uh, about the elite ruling in a proper scientific fashion in the future, etc., etc., uh, you start to get the picture. But he also said that uh, advanced science, what he meant was secret advanced science, would appear, that the effects of it would appear to the general population. Um, and he, was, he, he referred to primitive people, and that's how they refer to you, by the way. He wasn't talking about uh, a thousand years ago. He said it would appear as magic to the public because they never think about it as being caused by man-made forces. It's so easy, isn't it, to trick people? And you have no idea of all of the sciences of, of the mind and all of the different disciplines, as I like to call it, or doctrines, involved in big think tanks, working for governments and so on, and private industries at the top that really run everything, uh, to, to, to make sure you're kept in a little box and to train you to have a good ego and believe that you know everything there is to know. It's beautiful, isn't it? And these are the people you meet every day. You meet them every day 
with that stare, that the plight smile, but the, but the eyebrows are down or lifted, uh, just like you saw in Brave New World in the movies versions, where the primitive, as is called, the guy who had humanity in him, love and compassion and, and, and so on, uh, talked to these people who were artificially made, uh, who, who uh, were even, even their inter- intellect was designed for them, how much they could understand, and all the information they were given was designed for them uh, by, by those above them, the alpha uh, pluses, etc., and didn't bother them in the least that that everything that they knew and their whole culture was given to them because they had that little bit of pleasure, you see, etc. And they had the soma drugs mainly again for the the lower because the division of labour went down the way. Who was going to do all the dirty work, etc. And lots of soma and drugs. In other words, pharma to keep them happy. We're in that today for for those who haven't figured it out. It's all been done. And the next step is to train you through all the different kinds of intergender types that they're, 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 they're trying to make you believe in. Uh, it's, it's, it's nothing to do with that we care about these folk at all. It's to get you used to the fact that nothing can be really said as to be normal. Uh, so they can bring forward their, their, their basic uh, new clones in the future. And that's what they're all working towards, of course. And these guys work through generations. They don't have to do it all at one go. Uh, that's where you get tripped up because you thinking, as a natural human being, think, I'd have to do it, get it done right away. No, no. These guys work in generations. It took, it took generations to get you from family-oriented uh, society uh, to abortion, uh, single-parent mothers, and multiple partners now, and all kinds of things today. It didn't take that long at all, really. But for you, you'd be impatient if you were planning it. Not these boys. They, they know how, from past experience in history, how long it takes to gear up the population and indoctrinate them in the proper ways so they'll accept the next step and the next step and the next step. It's very easy. It's very, very easy. And the world's a very, very old place, and knowledge has never forgotten, folks. And mistakes are always remedied the next time they go round. Hence the need for the step-by-step process. If they miss one step, it can go awry. So they've got to go through the process, and they're well aware of this. That's why it takes a bit of time. But when you see how society has been completely turned upside down, 180 degrees, actually, from its value system, everything up until the 1960s, say, uh, and then onwards the revolution came in, and boom, it was all done, planned that way, introduced and planned and well-organized and well-funded until here we are today, dysfunctional. And yet the folk at the end of it think it's normal, the way they're living today is normal. Anything can be made to be normal to the proles, as, as Orwell called them. Given time, given the right indoctrination, given enough documentary specials uh, with half the facts removed so you don't get the whole picture to bring you to the desired conclusions. Add a bit of emotion and personal experience shows to it and that's you. You're gone, folks. It's so simple to do. Plus they use the entertainment industry to get the emotion in there and to show you terrible things to bring you to certain opinions, you see. Very easy to do. You can create guilt amongst everyone who's done nothing so easily by these techniques. And even your enemies who want to do you in can use these, these techniques against you and make you feel sorry for, you, for them as, you're, as they're doing you in. It's fantastic. It works awfully well. And that's why you have an authorized view of history and you also get an authorized view of the present where no one's trying to do you in. Except maybe the latest enemy the government tells you, the, you that they have. At one time it was the, suddenly the Arabs, according to Ju- Bush Jr., uh, hated you. You had no clue they did that, but he told you they hated you, you see. And before that you've had all these different presidents and prime ministers. They're always in an alliance because they're all owned by the same big bankers. Telling them uh, what to say to the public to get them ready for the next war, wherever it happens to be. We're never told the facts of the war at the time. And sometimes after the, the, the fact, it doesn't matter if, if some of the, the real reasons for it come out, like grabbing oil and minerals and things like that, you see, for big private corporations. 
And it doesn't matter when the job's done. It really doesn't matter. That's just how the world is really run. But your present is given to you uh, by a routine format, very simple formats, with the same newscasters. Uh, they, they hang on to these anchor people for, oh, their whole life if they can, because that way, you know, God knows how many millions of people have been brought up with one or two generations watching them from childhood. And Daddy wouldn't lie to you, would he? And they give you the authorized view of the present, you see, where everything's happy. And they give you little stories about communities and rural areas and things like that. They're completely irrelevant and often off-key to the truth. Doesn't matter. Truth doesn't matter when it comes to creating reality for control, you see. And so folk go through their lives thinking, uh, oh, well, it's just the economy, folks. It's just tough times and and we've got to pull together, and, and they have no idea that nothing happens on large scales without massive planning, uh, massive meetings, uh, and the techniques and the plans to bring it all into action, going back and forth between different bureaucratic divisions until they've got it all ironed out before they even introduce it. Nothing happens by chance. Otherwise, you see, they could lose control at the top. They're paranoid about losing control. So everything's minutely discussed. Like the free trade thing, which ended up with NAFTA, and at the same time the World Trade Organization, all set up by the one institution, by the way, which is private, by the big foundations behind them, to, for the whole world to regulate the world's economy, for their own sake, for those who own it all. And we were kept out of the picture completely. And, and back in the 80s, they knew that when they brought China in on the free trade deals, they're going to give all the work to China. They're going to transfer all the factories abroad. They knew they were going to give you a service economy. And a service economy, a service economy is like putting a dog in a swimming pool and it can only paddle and paddle and paddle until it tires out and it can't get out and it drowns. Economists talked about this in the 70s in Britain when they first mentioned, oh, if we ever get into a really EU, a European integration system, if we ever, it was all planned that way right along, but if we ever get into it, we'll have a service economy. And they explained all this too. So so there's nothing new under the sun. There's no news at all when it comes to why we're in the mess we're in. Because the the producing countries are the ones who survive. You've got to manufacture things. Everything else is a spin-off of manufacture, you see. Importing is not. That's just service. You, you buy it in, you pass it around, the middlemen get all the cash pretty well, not the manufacturer or the, or, and so on, or even at the store sometimes. It's the middlemen that do it all, and they're all managed by the big banking boys themselves. They have big groups that mass purchase things and so on. And then the great government departments in their pocket to make sure that they have the rights to, to decide on the prices for imports and etc. and all this kind of stuff. It's all done above our heads. Has kept out the news because you're not supposed to worry about such lofty things. Now, for those who think they get really all the news there is because there's so many news stations, supposedly, but they all get the news from the same sources, two sources, across the whole planet now. So we have regulated authorised news, you see. And if you notice, all the news you're getting is pretty well some other foreign country, over, over yonder somewhere. Uh, That's very good because it just keeps you distracted from what's happening in your own backyard. They don't want you to know what's happening in your own backyard. In fact, if you notice, since the Levison bill and inquiry and bill went through in Britain for all for Muslim journalists, and you had the Finkelstein one done in Australia at the same time, these are British Commonwealth countries, remember, Britain and the Commonwealth. Canada had to have done it too because literally... There's no independent real journalism on anything. There's a bit of leeway before. All their bosses were part of the same global society. But some of the journalists were given a bit of leeway to express opinions on different characters and politicians and deals that were going on. They can't do that anymore. That's why you're getting literally... It's almost it's like the old Soviet Union. It was all just dished out from the top. And we know that's how it, how it really works in all the so-called first world countries now. It's dished out from the top, authorised, uh, and mainly from, from stuff that is way across the sea somewhere that means sweet dick all to us. It means nothing to us. Nothing at all. Because we should be worried about what's happening here, folks, your own future, you see. It's all meant to distract you from your own future and from all the stores closing down across the U.S. and Canada and everywhere else. They're all boarded up, going out of business or are out of business. 
and the economy is flat, absolutely flat. You get it from all kinds of sources. I do, anyway, because so many folk get in touch with me. I get a good picture of what's happening across Britain, the whole of Britain, in the UK, uh, Europe, Australia, uh, Canada, uh, the States, etc. Because I get all the stories coming in. And I can make my own mind up. And it's rather evident what's going on, of course. We are being brought down. And a long-term game, of course. Long-term game. I've read the reports from the, 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 the facility or group that does the projections for the future for the military, for NATO and Britain and so on. And they said eventually they'd bring down, they'd break up countries. They would eventually have uh, chaos and riots uh, by people getting unemployed during this whole process of getting to where they want to go. They're ready for all the riots, of course, in the States. It's the most militarized police state in the world right now. And um, that's what gave, that was trying to distract you to things that are happening abroad. Uh, we're ready to clout you at home, you see. But the thing is, uh, this is all part of the game, the long-term strategy for bringing you down into big city-states, independent city-states, as they eventually dissolve the nation systems. And, and the, the, those who run the, 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 the city-states will be the high corporate elitists with a technocratic control beneath them, the managers, the people, etc., etc., it's quite interesting. I'd love to get my hands on, on the real, all the details, the nitty-gritties of it all, but they don't publish that for the general public, the stuff they do for the military. They don't publish it for the public or even for the general troops, for that matter. They're not supposed to know either. So you, get the, you just get the general outlines of flash mobs and unemployment and riots and how they must be contained as we go through all these, these long processes up to the, the year 2050, maybe beyond, etc., into the big city-states. And they won't tell you what's to happen to the ones that are not in the big city-states, the, the few that are left outstanding, in place of countries and nations. But in the meantime, of course, they've got other dominoes to knock down and, and resources to grab for the corporations around the world, and hence the wars that are going on. And that's why they're, they're keeping pushing you towards it. The, oh, the Ukraine and Russia and all that stuff. At Russia has the same guys running it as the States does, by the way. That's who runs Russia. The same big magnets that became multi-billionaires overnight when all the, 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 the people's stock was handed over to them, remember, when uh, the so-called walls went down and suddenly they were no longer communists. Planned years in advance, of course, as to who was going to grab all the stock and became instant multi-millionaires. Same across the Ukraine, by the way, the old Soviet bloc countries. The same handfuls of in-the-crowd people, the same bunch, actually, that are often, often related to each other, uh, run, run all, all the stuff over there. So they're going to get an agreement to the, their cousins that run the States. Uh, so that they can uh, work out uh, how this future's going to go, you see. It's already planned, but they, they must work out the nitty-gritty and who gets what and all the rest of it, etc. And meanwhile, they've been surrounding Russia for since the Cold War supposedly ended, and they've been surrounding them with more and more missile bases across all, all these, these ex-Warsaw Pact countries, the ones that let them in. So naturally, if you were getting surrounded by all these missiles, you wouldn't be too happy yourselves. Never mind all the fomenting with the color revolutions and the monthly millions the West is sending in to get riots started up, to demand things, etc., to suit the big corporate boys that pay all these rioters over there uh, their big salaries. Because they are paid to do these riots, by the way. They're, they're taught and trained and the whole rest of it. But again, that's another story. But back home, if you notice, nothing's happening back home, supposedly. Back home, nope, nope, oh, they keep you pointing over there, the next war, the next threat, you see, to keep you terrified, so that you, back at you, what you, once you shut your face, you see, shut your face, and you listen here to the leaders, oh, lambasting these nasty countries over there somewhere, and that takes up your time, rather than say, what the hell is happening here? What's happening here? Apart from the stagnation of the economy, what's happening here? And where's it supposed to go? From here. For us, you see. No one asks the pertinent questions. Because we're supposed to go down the tubes, you see. We're supposed to go down the tubes. 
It's not because the big boys are losing control. Don't ever believe that for a second. These boys have all the think tanks always planning their future to make sure they implement each stage of their future in control. Which can be completely vastly different for all you at the bottom in the next stage. But it's the same bunch running it all, coming through it, you see. Afterwards, same bunch. You have no idea how scientifically controlled we are. And that's all. There's hardly an opinion in your head that has been given to you. Like the alphas and the betas and so on, and Brave New World. There's hardly a thought that's been authorized for you you have. The thing is, you think it's your own opinion. And because you're stuck in this way of thinking, you see, this programmed uh, linear way of thinking, deliberately so, it's a, it's a scientific technique, very simple to do and implement, uh, you can't figure out ways outside the box. And so what you do is you jump on the ones who are yapping about it, never questioning what they might be saying or why they're saying it, or who's maybe behind that. The whole idea that I go on about is make you try to get you to think for yourselves and ask the right questions for yourselves. That's what's important. You don't have to have folk agreeing with you. And it's not often even necessary to even say anything to anybody. You can tell, I could tell by going to a little group just listening to the chit-chat if there's worth anything worth saying at all to them. And if there isn't, I won't. Why get frustrated? Why get them frustrated? Because you are like the primitive and brave new world talking to them. He's trying to tell them about humanity and life and love and all, and beauty uh, to people who are listening to them all awfully politely because they're, they're so advanced, do you think, and they know it all. And, and he's a primitive. So it's, it's a kind of quaint thing to have a primitive telling you about love and beauty. And meanwhile, they're promiscuous as ever, and so on, and, and they have different partners every night by law. And everything they know has been authorized by their superiors. And they're quite happy with a stuck, uh, graded system from alphas all the way down. They're quite happy with it, you see. That's their normality. You can't tell them anything. You can't tell them anything. You, it's, it's impossible to tell them, well, well, look at this another way. Any part of their system, it's impossible to get through them. And that's what you're experiencing with most people, you see. I keep telling people I've done from the start, don't, don't knock yourself out trying to persuade people who don't want to hear you. Most of them can't hear you. Their indoctrination is too perfect. They don't know it. The ones they knock around with their pals will have the same opinions, exactly the same as theirs. And so they think they're normal. That's how you bounce off your ideas from folk to think you're normal. Do you think I'm normal? I believe in this and this. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. And most of their talk is about TVs and shows and movies and the news that they're supposed to pirate, which they do. And, um, and therefore that's abnormal, you see. They never asked themselves what got them to this stage of what they believe is normalcy and why they accept it so readily. They think they're evolving, you see. Society's just evolving. It's like a willy-nilly thing. It just happens that way. Believe you me, if it was outside the realms of planning by the elites, it would never get off the ground. Anything that's happened for change is was authorized and pushed from the top. No matter what pressure groups you thought at the bottom were pushing it, they were all paid by the big foundations. The front groups that employ thousands of armies of NGOs to push for the changes that are desired by those at the top. But the trick is to make you believe it's all your changes. Well, yeah, we won that, yeah. But there's other little truisms to do with humanity that you don't know. It isn't just indoctrination. The big think tanks uh, that have been on the go all through the 20th century and before that too, by the way, studying all of us and going over all of history and bringing up the top professors to talk to the world meetings and so on, to find out how we ticked in the past, do we change? And of course, Plato said it too, formula. It's all formula. Whatever worked in the past, if you bring it in the proper sequence and formula that was introduced before, we'll work on the general population again. You see? And it does. It does. And it'll work on any culture. It's another thing too they found out in the 1800s. 
At one time, even the revolutionary forces of, say, Freemasonry, like the, like the Scottish Rite of Freemasonry, which wasn't Scottish at all. But um, Albert Pike said it too. He said, we used to, we used to gear uh, our propaganda, information, used to gear it uh, for male, one for male and one for the female. He said, we found that the female wants, needs and desires, fantasies, etc., are the same in all cultures. And so what worked for the West will work for them all across the world. You see that happening today. We've been so minutely studied, so minutely. That's why Bernays said it too. He says, we can make the changes through the female. She's the quickest one to to listen to experts and and change her behavior according to the experts. And that's why they aim 90% of the magazines from all through the 20th century at women, you see. Expert says, blah, blah, blah. And there they go. So minutely studied. Of course, they know all about men as well. And the more powerless they make them, the more the sports they give them. So they can vicariously live out their life on the field, which they couldn't even run on, because they get no wind, you see, they're too fat. So anyway, everything's micromanaged. Micromanaged. Every cartoon the children watches and is brought up in has got filled with messages and programming. Every single one. And by the way, they always were. It isn't just a recent phenomenon. So there's another thing, too, I want to mention about humans. It isn't just that they can't understand you people. It isn't just that they don't want to understand you or hear you. You understand they do get upset when you can, you're bursting their bubble. You can, you're, you cannot get to the stage of bursting their bubble. And they can turn you viciously when the fantasies that they want to believe in, it keeps them what they think is sin. If you're going to pop that fantasy, they'll turn on you viciously too. So be awfully careful about what you do. Never offer it unless a person wants it. And they might only want a little bit of it. So stop right there and move on. But it's another thing too you've got to understand about general humanity. It's been perfectly conditioned. When you try to tell them about all the evil that's going on, the corruption through politics and business and so on, and it's in your face today, but... When you want to point it all, see what you're trying really to do is to pass on your indignation about it to them. And what really upsets you is that they're not getting indignant. And when you point out why the wars really happened and so on uh, up to the present time, you can't make them indignant either because here's a, here's a little secret. See, most folk don't care. Get that through your heads. Most folk don't care who your troops are going to go slaughter today or tomorrow. They don't care. This is that simple. It really honestly is that simple, folks. And that's why they're not indignant. They don't care. They're not getting slaughtered right now. In a way, they feel happier that someone else is. That means that your troops aren't slaughtering you yet. So stop thinking you just change the world by throwing the information out there and having people respond to it. That's the first thing that people who think they're just, I hate this term waking up, it's like born again. I was born with a 9-11, they'll say. I say, what do you mean you were born on 9-11? Reborn. Like, like a born again experience. That's reacting to things that might affect you. That's reaction. That's what that is. Most folk don't start to think about things so it affects them personally through their pocket unemployment or something like that. The rest go on as you... They don't care. They don't want to know. Don't tell me that. They want to be happy. They have been trained to be egocentric. 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 They've been taught, as all the experts said in the 40s and 50s at the big think tanks, they train them through the schools, through the culture industry and so on, to be narcissistic and egocentric, and that they'll shun pain, all kind of pain, mental pain, whatever, unpleasantness is pain, you see, and, and they'll seek pleasure. And that's what they do, most of them. And when they're doing that, they're kept in an infantile stage. In fact, they're taught to always try to be happy. Like happy, being happy, perpetually happy is a normal thing, which it is not, by the way. 
That was all came out of the Freudian school that was meant to change the world. It was a political movement, folks, the Freudian school, for those who don't know it. Look at all the members of it. There was a particular reason it was even founded. They brought forth the whole idea as well. You work in a system, you crack down under the pressure in the system, which is crazy. You're doing some kind of rotten work you, you hate. You're stuck in it. You, you've got either rent to pay or a mortgage to pay or something, responsibilities, and you hate what you do every day because it's meaningless. Passing paper around an office is meaningless. It's not a natural function. Offices aren't natural. In fact, cities aren't even natural. That's all been well documented by the anthropologists. But they give this little financial reward thing, you see, and you get stuck in it. And most of the money goes back out to pay for everything, mind you, and then taxes as well. But, but you're taught that you're respectable because you're working. And then you crack up. And what happens when you crack up? They send you up to a therapist. And what's the therapist do, the psychiatrist do? All they do today, they don't sit and say, well, let's get to the bottom of this problem, Sonny. He doesn't say that anymore. They know that doesn't work, you see. So what he does is find some pill to, to put you on uh, that, that stops your higher functioning to the extent you won't be doing all you'll, you'll, you'll float through life. So that you can get back into the workplace. And that's what they'll say to you. And these are the questions that Sikaris will ask you. They all ask the same questions. What are you doing now? Oh, I'm, 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 I'm working again. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess good. And, and what do you do in your spirit? Oh, I go shopping and I buy things. Uh, and, and, and then they'll say, are you having sex? Oh, yeah, I'm having sex now. I go to parties. And, and that's, that's, they're, that's their new version of being normal. It's not worrying about things that made you crack up in the first place. So the problems haven't gone away. It's just that your senses are now dulled enough and you're euphoric enough on the drugs that don't bother you the same way. That's the answer to it, you see. Big boys talked about that. That's why they brought in the Soma idea in the 1930s in Brave New World, Huxley's Brave New World. They were going to use pharma. They said that eventually everyone will be on pharma. And if they can get, create and invent diseases that don't exist in children, they can get them started young on pharma until it's a normal thing to be on pharma. Psychoactive drugs. It's all happened in your lifetime, and you don't even know it, or why. But I won't ask you, I won't ask you to be indignant, because most of you won't, won't care. You can't make people care, folks. I'm all right, Jack. I'm egocentric. I shun the unpleasant. I watch comedies. I don't want to hear bad news. And I seek pleasure. That's, there's your, there it is, right there. That's how it goes. That's, that's how they work, folks. Another thing, too, you'll notice, is that people you'll know, uh, maybe even relatives, might hear you out to an extent and then close down on you once again because if you go too fast... Uh, they shut off from you. But you'll, you'll notice from folk that you know who are, do nothing but watch television. And that's how they learn things. They don't know they're learning things when they watch television and all their fiction as well, by the way. They don't know they're learning any of the things. They learn through, as Jack C. Lull, sorry, he said, Jack C. Lull said, People learn from osmosis, the general population. It kind of filters through from a thousand sources, bits and bites of information. Uh, and then it f- kind of congeals in their brain somewhere that they haven't reasoned it through. They simply adopt the opinion it left in them. And you'll hear them saying, well, yeah, the world's overpopulated. Well, it's all coming from TV, you see, and documentaries and David Suzuki and things like that. The fact that the Western world, the so-called first world countries, their own population, domestic, has been plummeting for years and years and years. As folk don't have so many children, you see. But what they do is, through mass immigration, and Britain's a great example, uh, they, they get the population up again through mass immigration, which also fulfills the role of destabilizing any nationalistic tendencies. If you eradicate the, the nation's people, they're no longer nationalistic. It's, it's multicultural, you see. So the big boys have got it easier to manage you. Then once that's done, you're multicultural. You see, you don't have a, 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 a tradition or a pride in, in the past. You don't belong there. You didn't come from there, so it doesn't, doesn't matter. That goes out the window with it, with second generation. And that's been done. 
But the fact is, as I say, the native population has been plummeting and... Um, and they give you the appearance of, of a world that's overpopulated because all the immigrants flood to the big cities they always have. And they're encouraged to go there, you see. Which were never meant to bring in millions of folk from overseas. But if the population had stayed uh, without immigration, you'd have lots and lots of empty houses and lots and lots and lots of empty apartments in the big cities because the, the native populations are declining. They're not having children, you see. So Everything's planned that way. It, nothing happens, as I say, by itself, for itself's sake. It has to be authorized, heavily debated, many, many times by the top leaders of industry, banking, and so on, who, who plan all this. And then they tell the politicians what to do and implement and so on. That's how it works. Nothing happens by chance. But So you learn through osmosis. So you're talking to people, as I say, they switch off, they don't want to hear you, and... Um, they think they know everything because the TV tells them so. They think they live in the best country in the world. And as Bertrand Russell said, they'll believe it because the government will have to keep telling them so. And they'll, and they'll prattle all the... doesn't matter what country you... They'll keep prattling these same things off to you. It's all the same scientific technique, you see. Repetition actually does work. It's quite fantastic, isn't it? So, uh, people really don't have minds of their own. They can be awfully pleasant people. Uh, you'll find them in all occupations and professions as well, pleasant people who can't think outside their own profession or box or, or that they're in, uh, but still be very pleasant to you and to each other. They're cordial, you see. And, and, and so things just seem to flow along, even when it's really breaking down. It still flows along to an extent. We're so micromanaged that it's just unbelievable. But most folk, as I say, don't want to know. They've been totally conditioned. They're quite happy. Uh, they can go home at night to watch the sports or watch dramas and comedies and drink their beer or wine or whatever it happens to be and zonk out for the rest of the evening and party at the weekend and have, have sex and they think they're getting somewhere and, and then they go back to work from Monday to Friday and so on and so on. That's their life. And they think it's normal because everyone else is doing it too. But don't try and upset their little bubble if they don't, if they, if, because you'll get signs. They'll give you, they give you signs. They don't want it burst, and they will become vehement towards you at the threat of you even scratching their bubble and mind bursting it. They really don't care. Most folk don't care, folks. That's as simple as that. And and I've done all the studies on these things too. Lots and lots and oh, thousands of studies, ongoing about situations in psychology, how people behave in this situation, that situation, all these situations, over and over and over again, ad nauseum. And most folk simply don't care, as long as nothing happens to them. And as long as they have their little bubble, their little circle they can walk around in, and their friends they can call, and their sock puppets they can chat with on the internet, and things like that, that's their fantasy. That's their fantasy. When you tell them that most of their friends don't exist, they're actually sock puppets by computers run by military and Pentagon and so on, that doesn't faze them either. It doesn't faze them at all. They don't care. And that's why many, many different levels that George Orwell said the proles don't count. He had so much in that book of his 1984 the title he wanted to put out was called The Last Man. I mean, the last sentient man that could think and question. But it was his, his publisher that wanted to put, uh, call it 1984, uh, uh, because he was going to publish it in 1948. Just change the numbers. But so many levels, Orwell was telling you things. So many, so many different levels. But the proles don't count meaning that the, the proles never have political power. Don't ever fall for all the left-wing nonsense, because everyone who leaves the le leads the left-wing and all the left-wing organizations are paid and put in by the big foundations, the biggest multi-billionaires and trillionaires in the world. That's who puts them in and runs them. So the proles don't count. They're powerless. It's all about power. And at the very top of the pyramid, money is power. Don't ever forget that. And the ability to make and dispense Money and, and decide how much is worth today or tomorrow is incredible power. 
And then that's where all, everything else falls into line underneath that. Because they all use money. That's how the world really is. But as I say, Orwell tried to tell about the pros. The pros don't count. He that through the book in different places and in the movies versions as well. The pros don't count. The pros in 1984 uh, were flooded with entertainment. Their music was all written by machines. If you listen to the music today, folks, as they brought you down this level, then they end up in the rap until you don't even need, need, need musical instruments anymore. Uh, and then to where it is today, electronics. You can buy the programs, you don't even need to make melodies up, and so on. And machines and so on even turned out the porno industry, because you must get porno into it big, big time, to keep them rutting like rabbits. If they're rutting like rabbits, they think they're winning. Their egos are involved. Oh, he chose me that night because he really likes me, I'm better than the rest, and vice versa, you see. Such a simple, simple predatory behavior that's pushed to the maximum. So your basic instincts are used against you And you don't even know they're being used against you Because you think you're winning It's all psychology That's the biggest war of all There's a war for your mind, folks That's where it all comes down to The war for your mind And you all think you've got them You think your mind is your own And you'll have strong opinions about things You have never investigated Amazing, isn't it? So be careful about all the information that comes out there from all sources, even the ones pertaining to speak for you. Be very, very careful, folks. The big boys miss nothing. Nothing. You're dealing with the most meticulous, power-hungry freaks in the world who miss nothing. They're paranoid about missing things. Go through the, the, the biographies of all the, the big, big founding fa- families of the U.S., for instance. The big magnets. Go through how, how meticulous and obsessional they were, not just with counting pennies and so on, and self-discipline, but in total control of everything in their sphere as they kept expanding their spheres of influence and power. Be very, look, read it, read it all. That's if you care. Most folk don't care. That's really the telling point. They won't look at anything. It takes effort. Effort comes when something's motivating you. They used to call it the spirit. It motivates you to, to look for it. And remember, too, everyone today has been taught to think in bits and bytes. Give me a quick answer. You hear that all the time. Give me a quick answer. I've been on many, many radio shows and I understand how, how, how people's minds think and, and ordinary, decent folk and how they think and so on. But you often get asked questions that will sound simplistic. And because they've been trained with talk radio all their lives, across the world it's all the same format, talk radio, that they, 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 they'll ask things not knowing they're asking something that's really profound, which would take a longer answer and sometimes an education to get them to a level to give them the proper answer that they then could understand. If you gave it to them right off the bat, without taking them through those learning phases, it'll be incomprehensible to them. You could you say the most profound things to them, and they go on to the next question as though they hadn't heard. It. I mean, because it means nothing to them. They don't. They don't know. They don't know what they've just asked you. I find that all the time. And that's the hardest thing for me, is, is, to, is to debate how much to tell them and what not to say to them. That's how, how it really is. As I say, we're so well understood. For, we've all heard about all the stuff about the NSA and all the other big organizations that collect all your data. They've got you worked out your personality profile perfectly. They, and they've got your whole life history. They've got your school. They've got, they've got everything on you. Everything on you. 
every darn thing there is. And they compile it into, into a virtual you. I've gone through the article so many times from the Pentagon where they say that they've got everyone in a virtual reality game, basically. And they run games on the individual. Every one of you has had games run on you with your personality profile, and they can predict how you'll behave in every situation imaginable. And they're pretty well almost 100% right. And people still think they're free. They still think they're individuals making their own decisions. If you're so well understood, folks, you'd be radically, radically altering your behavior. But they don't. There's a kind of comfort in sameness, isn't there? Everything's the same, same, I'm the same. There's a comfort there. That's what you, it's like being in a depression. Some folk actually enjoy being in a depression, apart from the attention they get and so on, but they actually enjoy being in that space of self-pity. It becomes addictive, and I really mean that. It can become addictive to them to be in self-pity. And it's familiar. The more it happens, the more it's familiar to them. And they can go into the little world of self-pity and depression, abject depression, and get pills or whatever. But uh, uh, there's much more to what happens to people than you think are being told as to why, all the whys of things. As I say, the war is on your mind because someone else wants to control it. If you're not in charge of it, somebody else will be. And the biggest temptation people have today is to follow some camp or another because, you see, that's how humans are. So well studied. From the present to the ancient. What camp are you in? What do you believe? Well, I'm a follower of so-and-so. Then they'll they'll parrot off to you everything that the leader says. Which means that leader's led all their way of thinking right along the the way, you see. Not themselves. They parrot it all. In ancient times, and, and all down, down through history, you always had hermits. There was even hermits in ancient Egypt, hung around out in the outskirts, who didn't want to fall into this camp or that camp or whatever, you see, or one of the priesthoods or that priesthood and whatever it happens to be. And these are the few folk that thought for themselves. They'd had enough, and off they went. In those days, it wasn't so bad because they didn't have aerial drones photographing everywhere you went. You can get lost. When folk came to the early Americas, they could get lost as well. When they brought civilization in and lawyers and churches and came the townsfolk, oh, let's start organizing. Next thing you know, you're, you've got a marshal and a cushion, and, but you all want no, and then you get a census department. Before that, you can get lost. Go into the bush and get lost. You live the rest of your life if you wanted to and see nobody ever again. If you wanted to. Now you've got passports and blah, blah, blah across the whole planet. Total observation. In a totally observed society, international, global, everyone must be predictable for power to maintain itself. Everybody. That means every little amoeba there is. That's all of us, folks. So in ancient times, as I say in Middle Ages, folk would go off and, and, and sometimes people would come and chat to them. You find that in India, for instance, some guy in a cave somewhere, in Greece as well, ancient Greece. And they'd ask some questions, because sometimes what these guys would say was kind of profound, because it was outside the box. They were thinking for themselves, they weren't getting the, the here's the news for the, for the masses today, here's what they're going to prattle and regurgitate. Uh, so they'd ask some questions, and it was kind of fascinating. So sometimes they'd bring them food and things, and that kept them alive. And if they got too much for the hermit, he'd move on somewhere else and try to get lost for a while again. Peace of mind. What folk would give, some folk would give today to get peace of mind and that kind of privacy. Eh? You can't get it now, can you? Rules, regulations, and red tape and all the rest of it. But that's what Hermes did. But the first thing people would ask him is, uh, what do you believe in? What camp do you, are you in? You know, what camp? This one or that one? And the hermit would, if he was very wise, which most of them were, of course, because they survived. If not, the mob would kill them. But they'd say, well, well it would be very diplomatic in their answers to the mob. You don't want to offend anybody who's already in a camp, you see. That's how the mob reacts. They get, they get rather nasty. If you were to get, especially if you burst your bubble, you know. 
but very few folk want that. They want, in fact, I remember all oh, many years ago when I was wee, reading a book on Canada, and it was to do with, uh, uh, I think it was one of the Inuits, was, or Eskimos is a popular call for by the world, up in the north of Canada, who needed an operation in a hospital. So they'd, they flew them down to Toronto, and they had to sedate the guy the whole time he was in Toronto in the hospital because this guy was brought up in a, a bare tundra of snow and ice for a good part of the year. Pretty treeless as well, no trees. And suddenly he's in a city where everything is incredible noise. Not only noise from the people and the honking of cars and sirens and all the rest and traffic, but also the noise that folk had on through radios and everything. Because because his world was one of quietness, and the only voices you hear were, were, the, were for other people to come up and chat to you, or the wind coming across the, the snow and so on, or the occasional animal. That was his normalcy. That's how he thought and felt happy. That's where he felt happy in that, his own environments. Trees, the two of them to see the trees, some forest, freaked him out completely freaked him out because he felt utterly claustrophobic. He wasn't used to trees where he came from. He knew they weren't going to do him any harm, these trees, but it just freaked him out. It was outside his ken, his realm of knowing and understanding, you see. Freaked him out. You find the studies, the sociological studies have done over and over and over again with different peoples. And believe you me, every nation, every people in the world has been well understood. And that's why often the enemies of other folk do is study, study, study. And sometimes we all have even one enemy. But you, you find that they find that the Chinese are happiest when they're rubbing shoulders in the streets. They like Crowds. They feel uncomfortable away from that. Away from that is the as the abnormal to them. The solitude thing is abnormal. So they really, they prefer being amongst themselves. It's interesting just to, to to go through all the different studies being done on different people, over and over and over again. Any change in cultures, uh, the, the controllers want to know. <laughs> Because it has to be authorized by them or it doesn't happen at all. But it's the same with, with people with information. In the first world countries, we've been overdosed since birth with information. Information isn't truth, folks. It's just information as data. It can be lies. It can be complete fiction. In fact, most of our folk, folks, actually, their lives are spent in more in fiction than reality. And even the fiction is weaponized with all its PC updates and so on and things. Oh, that's well, terrible that happened to that person. Why did it bash that person up? And, all that? and you're getting your little guilt trips given on you that you've never even participated in, but you take it nonetheless. It's done scientifically. It's perfect, actually. They've even done surveys. I always do surveys after these, these, these series are out with all the PC updates in it to see how it's affecting people. Has it worked properly on them? Are their opinions changing? Etc. Through fiction. And yet, if you ask all these folk, do you know how you got these ideas? Oh, no, I just think it's right. And so they'll give you their opinions on things which aren't their opinions at all. It's all been brainwashed into them. The best brainwashing is when you don't even know you're being brainwashed. And that's what they say about people who are brainwashed. They don't know they've been. That is perfect brainwashing. So think about it. Who owns your brain, your mind? Who owns it? A lot of folk, if you tell them all this stuff, they, they don't want to know. They, they don't even want to know if someone else owns it. Or even other ones have shares in it. You know, divvying up into shares. They don't want to know. It makes them uncomfortable. Again, egocentric and egocentric behavior. They shun the unpleasant. Shun it. Oh, God, don't we? I don't we? I don't know that. Oh, what's that? It makes me feel unhappy. And seek pleasure. That's why at parties and things, it, you, you can sit and stand and mingle and all that. Depends what kind of class of party you go to. 
because uh, in the upper classes you stand and you mingle, you know, and you, you sip your wine and champagne. And but, but the topics are always the same. They're irrelevant, not the happy topics. But totally irrelevant because it's a cover, a smoke screen, you see, the, the little happy topics. Just folks just want to be happy. And plus they want to be good predators as they eye each other up, you see. Uh, for the genders and all the rest of it, who wants to be with whom and blah, blah, blah. Predatory behavior. But they don't want anything serious when they're all, ha- when they're all happy and smiling. Don't we hear them? Oh, that's a downer, man. That's how people are. And what the mistake is too, being aware of things, it shouldn't destroy you. It should make you more free than you are, free indeed in your mind. It's always meant that in the ancient religions and mystery religions too. It's always meant the same meaning. It doesn't free you physically, because you're in the same system as everyone else. But at least you know what's happening, and and your mind is your own. And it's like a pleasure in being able to think for yourself. And it doesn't mean you have to instantly go out and evangelize everybody either, you see. The only thing you can be sure of changing is yourself. That's the only thing. And even then you can have a battle changing yourself. A real battle. Think about it. Because if you truly want truth, Factual truth. You've got to go out and seek it and do some work. That might take some self-discipline. And don't just jump after conspiracy sites because you don't know who set them up in the first place. The big boys don't miss anything. If they want control over everything and even supplying all your NGOs for your left-wing and right-wing groups and so on, blah, 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 blah. Don't ever think that they'd miss what you, what, it's, it's, it's mis, mislabeled as the Patriot Movement. Don't think they missed it. Again, it's what camp, what camp are you in? What, what camp are you in? <laughs> and you get a good diplomatic answer. If you say, oh, you think for myself, oh, wise guy, eh? Mm-hmm. Maybe they've said something that's true for the first time in their life without even knowing it. Maybe you are a wise guy. So, think for yourself, and don't panic about everything. It is boring, mind you, because the more you know, nothing will surprise you as to what happens with the next step, and the next step, and the next step, and all different plans are ongoing at the same time. And don't think your one little brain can keep up with it all. Don't try. That will crack you up. You, you can't look for, for world meetings on a daily basis and find all oh, a 2,000 NGOs across all the world meeting that particular day on different things, if you can find the information even. You can't keep up with all of that. Accept the fact that the big controllers at the top miss nothing. They have all the power and money in the world, and they have all these NGOs working with, and under massive bureaucratic centralized control, all working daily together with the think tanks and so on, and the big money boys at the top. Always remember the pyramid structure. Don't let it freak you out. It didn't, it didn't just start in your lifetime, folks. Don't, don't think that either. It's not like suddenly you just got cut today by something. I better address that wound. It's up to me. This cut started an awful long time ago. Back in the 1800s, go into the, the history of what they used to call time and motions studies when they, they brought out the, the new experts in behavior to find ways of getting the laborers to work harder and faster, more efficiently without paying them any more money and take it from there. That's how some of these sciences developed, you see. So don't panic about things. Don't just jump into camps and say, oh, I'm a follower of this, I'm a follower of that. Think for yourself. Because there's really, there truly is nothing else except thinking for yourself. And when enough folk think for themselves, maybe one day, who knows when? Who knows? Things could gradually change. And that's why I always liked Orwell too. He was honest enough about it when he, he put it through an analogy in Brave New in, in uh, 1984. He said, when he's been tortured by O'Brien, he says, well, the prose will do something or the word will get out, sort of thing. 
and O'Brien says, oh, that's ridiculous, the pros don't count, etc. And then he says, well, maybe, maybe in a thousand years, you know. This is how they, the big boys look at things. Could something become dangerous in a thousand years? Of course, in our day and age, they don't plan to have anybody with any brain that isn't authorized to be thinking in a thousand years. Never mind the kind of humans that will be around by then anyway, except for themselves. With longevity, etc., they'll have all that. They have it now, actually, for certain select ones of them. But they don't plan on having the same old old man and old woman type around anymore. They'll create, they'll create the perfect clones, the brave new world type, you see, to serve them well. And the old type will go out quite happily, thinking it's all quite normal. Because that's how he presented to the public, bit by bit and bit by bit, until they accept it all. Oh, well, I guess it had to become this way, yeah. That's it, you see. As I say, I started with the weather and it's prattled on. But the fact is, when, you don't, when most folk don't even know the weather is under complete control now. That's what you can see. You can see the weather. You can see the spraying going on. You can see the after effects and the downpours and so on. The monsoons they give you now, for instance. And the future's juggling with the whole world's food supply. And the big boys at the top know exactly who's going to get flooded and who, exactly who's going to get... The, the crops, and so they can get into the crops, get the shares, make sure the prices go up in the right places, etc., etc. That's how perfect it is. That's what you see. You can imagine the things you don't see, the technotronic warfare, etc. It's happening to you all the time. Remember what Brzezinski said? Eventually this could go across whole continents and control the minds of the people. You think it isn't happening too? Just look at the amount of sleeplessness there is now. Insomnia is just booming. Why? Well, we've known from all the studies that have been done that even Wi-Fi, for instance, upsets your sleeping patterns, etc., etc., etc. The smart mirrors do it too. They all know this at the top. You think just putting it in because it's more convenient for them? Don't be silly. When the big boys write about bringing in technotronic warfare upon the whole populations of everyone, everyone's nation, Bathing the whole continents in it. They mean it. They mean it, folks. How they mean it, they do it. Government can only exist by keeping what they do at the public secret. Otherwise, the public would have to really do something about it. And they know that. They've always known that. So you're kept in fantasy land. And for those who want to stay there, you have the options. You can go into all the... You've got a variety of fantasies you can go into today. Escapes. Lots of them. Lots of escape out there. Just keep filling your head with useless, useless data. Or you can watch all the porn you want, or f- sports or dramas, and, and, and so on and so on. Or you can go off into various kinds of escapism, through trying to find the spirit, the spirit, the spirit, the spirit, you know, that can escape it all. Because you know within yourself that physically you can't escape it. So you're left with the thing called the spirit. So you've got all people making stacks of money, selling all kinds of books, rehashing old stuff, uh, and purely rehash. Some of them don't even change the whole chapters or take out of very old books because it's on big supply and demand today. Escape. When folk think they've had it, they try and escape mentally. And the big boys supply all of those avenues as well. Stacks of gurus out there, like never before. That's why Professor Carl Quigley talked about the end of ages, and the end of civilizations, all the things that happen. And that's one of them, that's one of them that arises. Today we call it the New Age. It's just—it's also called the perennial religion. They always use that system at the end, promote it as they take down societies. And folk try and escape that way. It's time people started calling what things really happen to be by how they are. Stop all the political correctness as well, which is meant to silence you through fear of retribution. In a free society, any child 
should be able to come up and ask any question that's popped into his mind. Anything at all. And if authorities grab him because they're not allowed to ask that question, or this question, or whatever, there's something wrong. He's too close to home. He doesn't know, of course, of what or who is controlling. So that's the first step in, in controlling society, is to stop them of changing anything, is to stop you from being able to even ask questions. Because it's politically incorrect. By law. Look at Gerfec in Scotland. They've got the same systems going across the world now. Mandated child advocates supplied by government to monitor every child throughout their childhood from the age of a couple of months onwards. What do you think of this, Johnny? Well, well, you know. Well, I better put you in for reconditioning, Johnny. We can't have you starting to ask the questions on that particular topic or this particular topic, or this other one over here. Whatever it happens to be, you see, you have to get readjusted. To be uniform, the uniform society, the authorized citizen of the future. That way you're easier to manage. And governments certainly do like things to be easy for themselves. From Hamish Masella from Ontario, Canada, this good night. May your God, your gods, go with you. <laughs>